If you like what you hear, come and visit me at youtube.com slash tiptoe the tank and see this content in all its glory. Everything about this forsaken place is menacing and cruel. We find ourselves in the year 1985 in the state of Oregon, opening with a family annihilator, a husband and father of two named Dwayne Anderson. He murders his family and then turns the weapon on himself. This is our only insight into this character for now, so we'll take it for what it is, a man murdering his family. But it's not the beginning, of course not. Let's travel back to the year 1961, in the same house where tragedy has struck. The only daughter of an unnamed couple has died, Lucy was her name, but she couldn't have been more than 10 years old. Her death was violent, and her parents are completely distraught by her passing, but how could this have happened? It's this place, this house. It did it to her. Now we go to the year 1962, and a new couple has arrived into the house, an older couple with a baby, Dolores and George. If the baby is biologically theirs, it's never explained, but the child is in their care. In the early memories of Dolores and George in the home, there seems to be love between Dolores and the child. She greatly cares for it. Though George is quite preoccupied with his work, he in the very least loves his wife very much, and when her health begins to churn, he goes through great pain to treat and take care of her. He does everything in his power to keep her home. Her health becomes problematic after moving to this house, these troubled grounds. Dementia begins to take her, she acts erratically, she is aggressive and possessive over the child, sometimes confusing it with baby dolls. She's paranoid of George, accusing him of trying to poison her. She forgets to wear clothing and is humiliated by her behavior in moments of lucidity. She murders George. Seven knives to the chest. As her baby cries and she realizes what she's done, Dolores hangs herself just feet from where the baby is crying. The child dies alone in an empty house with no one to hear their cries. Now, in the year 1970, a rugby player named Rakin who recently spent time in the hospital. Reagan lives here alone, and it's not long after moving in, a deep-seated fear called scopophobia begins to consume Reagan. Scopophobia is an extreme fear of being stared at, to such an extent that it impedes one's ability to carry on a normal or productive life. Reagan's phobia progresses into a delusional belief that he is being surveilled by someone or some entity. He's convinced that his house's electronics are bugged and that strangers are roaming his house in the dark corners. He reacts to these fears with rage and violence. He will scream at nothing, threaten the air, and arm himself in his empty home. But again, this all truly began after he moved into this home. Reagan lived a very normal, if not extremely successful life before he came here. And now, 1985. Dwayne Anderson and his family move into the house. Dwayne gradually descends into extreme melancholy, seeing visages of the past that come to haunt him. He takes to self-medicating with unknown medication and copious amounts of alcohol. He refuses to converse with his wife. He neglects his daughter. Seeing from the perspective of Dwayne, we get almost no information about his son. He's so within his own head, so locked in his own declining mental health, that it's almost like they don't matter. His wife is just a nagging presence. 
he's finally pushed so far into psychosis that he kills them in the basement, then himself. We're seeing the story of Lucy, Dolores, and Reagan through the eyes of the now-dead Duane. He's caught in a purgatory, a place between life and a final afterlife. The house is keeping him here to experience the dark forces that overtook previous residents. Residents that were the most susceptible to its influence. Within Lucy's chapter, we contest with the girl, but also with a manifestation of her twisted mind that was not yet matured. A demon with the face of a baby and fingertips made of blades. The girl believes that this dark being came from her TV, that it's making her do these things to an extent that is true. It is influencing and controlling her, but these were tendencies, curiosities, and proclivities that were already within the girl. When her parents take her for treatment, it just gets worse. The route they chose was perhaps experimental and made her more vulnerable to the influences of what lived within the house. Lucy takes her own life in the bathroom. Then within Dolores, we see rapid progression into mental collapse. She didn't enter this home riddled with dementia and psychosis, but she was vulnerable to it. All this dark entity within the house needed was something to latch onto, and it found it in Dolores. The exact same thing happened to Raken. When we first meet the young man in the house, he's already descending into paranoia. He discharges a weapon at the dark entity in the house, and next we see his story carry on in visions of his time at a hospital. Presumably, authorities were called because of his weapon discharge, and he was held for psychiatric review. In visions of his time at the hospital, he attacks personnel, is violent towards staff, and leapt from a second-story window, breaking his foot. The doctors and staff in the hospital treat him with a strange coldness and disregard for his obvious violent temperament, telling him he's soon to be released. But when Reagan digs his way out of his room and finds himself in a lower level of the hospital, he is shut in by a shady character in a suit. Presumably this is where he meets his end, not within the house, unlike our other characters. It can be pieced together that the deaths we witness in the game were not the only to have occurred within the home. Year after year, decade after decade, new and unknown people and families occupy the home, but we do not know their fate. We should ask, how many people have died on these grounds? Well, that's not something that I can answer for you. In the finale of this story, we come to terms with the fact that Duane has already committed his great sin of familiacide. Lucy, Dolores, and Reagan can just barely be understood. There are no warm feelings, no redemption, nothing can be changed. Through story obfuscated by secrets and unlocks, we know that there is a possibility of Duane passing on from his purgatory to be with his family again, though it takes great efforts to find this possibility. The greater probability for an ending is Duane being left to walk in a well of nothingness for all the rest of eternity haunted by his own memories and those of past residents.